Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Truckin' Cafe. Glad you made it. And everybody has a seat. Everybody get something to drink? Now, just sit back and enjoy the show. I have a lot of news to get to, so let's get right to it. Drivers who stop in to the Loves in Ormond Beach, Florida the weekend of October 21st will be asked to fuel and go. At a Loves location is once again asking drivers to fuel and then leave the premises to accommodate a large three-day motorcycle rally. The Loves truck stop in Ormond Beach will be unable to provide parking for the professional driver customers starting on the evening of Wednesday, October 17th through the afternoon of Sunday, October 21st. So that's this coming weekend. The Loves in Ormond Beach will be hosting their annual Biketoberfest rally in conjunction with a neighboring Harley-Davidson dealership. As usual, thousands of motorcyclists are expected to attend the event. In previous years, heavy traffic caused by Biketoberfest has caused major backups on US-1 and I-95. Now, a word of uh, caution, if you are going down to Florida and because of Hurricane Michael, you may want to double check to make sure that Biketoberfest Biketoberfest is still going on. Um, I haven't really checked to make sure, but um, go ahead and I'm sure you could Google it and find out if Biketoberfest is still going on after Hurricane uh, Michael. But anyway, Loves has provided directions for truckers on the best route after they fuel up. When you leave Loves parking lot, local police will direct traffic and only allow you to run right on to US-1. Go north one mile where the sheriff's office has a controlled turnaround point for anyone that needs to go south. If you head north for approximately five more miles, you come to Old Dixie Highway. Take that exit, take a right, and go two miles where you could connect up to I-94-5 north or south. The annual event typically triggers grumbling amongst members of the trucking community who are forced to find alternate parking solutions. Loves issued the following statement to their professional driver customers. Loves, especially the team at the Ormon Beach location, understands the inconvenience for our customers during this biannual event. We have engaged in more proactive communications to ensure our customers know the effect this event has on their routes and abilities to stop and park overnight. We also hire police officers specifically to help direct traffic at our location all day to ease the congestion in entering and exiting their facility. We value our customers and appreciate your business. We sincerely thank you for your understanding. The Armand Beach Loves also hosts a similar but a little shorter event in the spring called Bike Week, which if you're uh, in the biking community, biker community, you already know about that. Now, next up, a Pennsylvania lawmaker introduces a bill 
to ban loaded firearms in vehicles. A Pennsylvania lawmaker wants to cut down on road rage by banning drivers from carrying loaded weapons in their vehicles. The bill, entitled HB 2669, was introduced in late September by State Representative Carolyn Kamita. From a news release from her office, HB 2669 would prohibit a person from carrying a loaded firearm in any vehicle with the exception of firearms related to game hunting, law enforcement, military personnel, or security drivers. A person who was found carrying a loaded firearm in a vehicle would be charged with a misdemeanor for a first offense and a first-degree misdemeanor for a second or subsequent offense. Kamita says that she was inspired to introduce the bill following the 2017 road rage killing of Bianca Roberson, a recent high school graduate who was shot by another motorist. The bill is also known as Bianca's Law in honor of Roberson. It might seem like a simple change, but studies show that drivers who have a firearm in their vehicle may be more prone to anger and more likely to engage in aggressive driving than those who do not have a gun. I am most gun safety proponents still protect sex and amendment rights and common sense gun safety measures, Kamita said. I am under the opinion that no one should carry a loaded firearm in their vehicle at all. Shells in one spot, weapon in another spot. I'm not against the Second Amendment. I'm all for it. I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, my father and my brothers would go hunting every year. We also would, you know, eat all of the venison and use the hide and everything of what we killed. But as far as having a loaded weapon in your vehicle, under the seat or what have you, me personally, that's just asking for trouble. And especially in a commercial vehicle. Now I know from others have told me, I haven't really done the research and looking because there's so many pages in the little green FMCSA book. But from what I've been told, there is no FMCSA rule that says, and I could be wrong, that says you cannot carry a firearm in a commercial vehicle. They're also saying that a conceal and carry permit depends upon, excuse me, the state, the state lines that you're crossing. Like Illinois, you can't have a loaded weapon in your vehicle. You have to have it unloaded and, and locked up in your side box when you're going through Illinois. Every state law is different. So in other news, Caltrans issues warnings to truck dry, to truckers to stay off state route I, 175, not I, but 175, or get ready for the ride of your life. In response to a viral video of a truck overturning and falling down an embankment on the Hopeland grade, Caltrans has issued a warning to truck drivers to heed the signs and stay off. State Route 175 between Hopland and Lakeport is limited to vehicles not over 39 feet in total length. Our contractor's crew was out working on State Route 175 yesterday afternoon when they say this long truck trying to make it through a one-lane section of road where a retaining wall was being built. And this was October 12th, so it would be the 11th that this truck went through there. Multiple signs were posted to warn the drivers of this length restriction, but drivers kept trying to go through anyway. Sometimes they just get stuck. 
Yeah, that's right, Muttley. It's it's their own risk. I think it's pretty funny too. But others end up going over the embankment. That's not so funny. This driver was not injured, but it must have been the ride of his life. The audio on this video was edited to remove the cuss words of the surprise from their crew. Please help spread the word. No vehicles allowed over 39 feet in length from Hopeland to Lakeport on State Route 175. Thank you. So that is pretty funny. Now in other news, this looks really gruesome. A truck driver faces homicide charges following a triple fatality 11 vehicle crash. And this was reported on the 15th. A truck driver is facing homicide and DUI charges following a last week Friday night multiple vehicle crash that left three people dead. The crash occurred around 8.30 p.m. on Friday, October 12th near Harrisonburg, Pennsylvania. Police say that 29-year-old Mississippi-based truck driver Jack E. Satterfield III was traveling on northbound I-83, mile marker 47, in lower Paxton Township when he saw slow traffic ahead of him but was unable to stop in time to avoid the crash. A total of 11 vehicles were involved. 24-year-old Zachary Lybrand, 22-year-old Ethan Van Bachhoven, and a toddler under the age of two died in the crash. Seven other people were transported to the hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. Police say that after the crash, Satterfield fled from his truck and ran into a hotel parking lot where he was able to observe the crash from a distance. PA State Police say that Satterfield's truck had a strong odor of alcohol. They also say that Satterfield admitted to drinking a few beers along with a five double shot margaritas at a Mexican restaurant in New Jersey Prior to the crash, what was he doing getting behind the wheel of a truck? Can anybody answer me that question? Satterfield underwent a blood test for alcohol and other substances following the crash. According to ABC News outlet, he told police he saw slow-moving traffic ahead of him at, at the last minute and could not avoid crashing at the Union Deposit Road exit in Lower Paxton Township. He's charged with three counts of homicide by vehicle, homicide by vehicle while under DUI, Accidents involving death or personal injury and accidents involving death or personal injury while not properly licensed. His CDL was suspended. And how they, how could he drive a semi? Now, there's sometimes if your company is in checking that your license is still good, you could be driving under a suspended CDL. Whether it's for, um, as far as child support or something like that. So, doesn't necessarily have to be DUI related. But his license was suspended. A 16-month-old Middletown girl and a Messiah College senior uh, died. That was that 22-year-old Ethan Van Bachhoven of Pompton Plains, New Jersey, that died in the crash. 
Police say that he hit the rear bumper, that Satterfield hit the rear bumper of one vehicle and continued northbound, demolishing or colliding with numerous other vehicles. He then fled the truck, crossed the interstate, hopped a fence, and ran into a hotel parking lot, like I mentioned, where he watched the crash scene from a distance. Police said his truck had a strong over alcohol beverage. He was taken to a hospital and given a breathalyzer. And I believe, yes, he was taken to the hospital to have a voluntary blood draw to see what his alcohol content was in his bloodstream. So it is pretty sad. I don't understand what in the world he was thinking as far as getting behind the wheel of a doggone semi after he had any kind of alcohol beverages at all. I mean, I just don't get it. In other news, almost 20,000 Freightliners were recalled for a steering defect that would cause a crash. Daimler Trucks, and I have reported this on a previous episode, but there again to reiterate, it's coming closer to when the recall is going to go into effect. Daimler Trucks in North America has issued a recall for nearly 20,000 Freightliner trucks for a steering shaft assembly defect that could result in a crash. The recall has been issued for certain 2018 to 2019 Freightliner IO8SD, 114SD, and a business class M2 vehicles, according to NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The, quote, the steering shaft assembly may have been installed incorrectly, which can cause a loss of connection between the steering wheel and the front wheels. So that is that shaft that comes out of your firewall. It rotates. It has what's called a knuckle on it, and that goes down to the linkage to your front axle. That could come apart. This loss of connection could in turn result in a loss of control of the vehicle and cause a crash. If that, always check that on your pre-chip. Take that shaft in your hand and shake it back and forth and twist it. Make sure that knuckle does not come apart. And make sure if you ever get your truck serviced, you're an owner operator or even your company driver, make sure there's a grease cert right there. A little like a button looking thing is a grease cert. And make sure that is always full of grease to make sure that doesn't dry out on the truck and that it will is properly attached and that in other words the steering wheel almost could come out in your off in your hands and you're steering to the right and the truck's going to the left i don't mean to scare anybody but as a definite possibility the recall is expected to begin november 16th Daimler will notify truck owners and provide free repair of the steering shaft if necessary. So there again, it's a shaft with a knuckle in the middle. And when I say a knuckle, it's like the two pieces joined together and that's where they grease it. Make sure you jiggle that way in your pre-trip and make sure, you know, it's secure that it's not going to come apart on you. If you're driving a uh, 2018 to 2019 Freightliner and any type of truck, Volvo, Kenworth, Peterbilt, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's always good to check that. This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. I almost forgot my sponsor. Oops. Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? 
Well, may I suggest you contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to find out that how they can help you in your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? What about putting all your re- expense receipts into a spreadsheet? What about categorizing all of your expenses if you're an owner-operator? Contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to help with those type of things. You can hand anything that you hate doing over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing, like making money, driving a truck. They handle basic web design, social media marketing, to transcription, to even record keeping. Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you in your business with the things that you hate doing. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. Contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service today by going to their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's, V as in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com, juliasvaservice.com. With fast turnaround time and economical rates, you need to contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service for all of your virtual assistant service needs. Now, a second truck driver faces attempted homicide charges for allegedly stabbing a co-worker. I just don't understand what's going on with this world today, people. I mean, drivers are drinking and driving, um, stabbing people, shooting people at truck stops. What is going on? I'm like, really? Come on. Whatever happened with family? Whatever happened with people helping each other out? You know, I have a, after I get done with this article, I have a, a little tidbit of a story to tell you. So, you know, I just, I don't get it. Back to the news. A truck driver is facing serious felony charges for allegedly stabbing a co-worker at a New Jersey truck stop. The stabbing happened on Friday, October 12th, the say, last week Friday, around 9.15 in the morning at the Petro truck stop in Bordentown, New Jersey. I stop there all the time. I was just there a few weeks ago. Borden Township Police said that they were called to this truck stop when 41-year-old Georgia-based truck driver Paul Stevens Jr. entered the store and collapsed from his injuries. Stevens was transported to the hospital for treatment of multiple stab wounds to his abdomen. He remains in critical condition. Police say, sorry for talking fast, Police say that the stabbing occurred during an argument between Stevens and his co-worker, 41-year-old Christopher Teeter. Investigators aren't sure what the two men were arguing about. Teeter was arrested and charged with criminal attempted homicide, aggravated assault, possession of a weapon for an unlawful purpose, and an unlawful possession of a weapon. Wait a minute, it's the same charge. Uh, hey, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reading from the article. You can see it for yourself in the show notes like all the other ones. So anyone who has information about this incident are encouraged to call the Borden Township Police Department at 609-298-4300. That's the Borden Township Police Department at 609 609- Two nine eight four three zero zero. If you know of anything, or if you see these two guys in that altercation at the Bordentown truck stop Friday morning at, at the Petro at around nine, between nine and ten a.m., 
you any information please go ahead and um don't be afraid to call please get involved if you really did see something or somebody has their dash cam on and maybe have video of what happened or something or we're passing by and the two guys were arguing i mean you never know how you could help um because i mean the guy almost died so any anything and you should see the look on this guy's face you know, he's just out and out ticked off. So, you know, anything you could do to help, we would here at the Trucking Cafe would greatly appreciate it. In other news, oh, this doesn't look good. A Virginia firefighter, Lieutenant Brad Clark, died Thursday evening after a semi-truck crashed into his fire truck. The, a semi-truck driver slammed into a, tr- a fire truck that was assisting with a car crash on a Virginia interstate, killing the firefighter and injuring others. The tractor-trailer, semi-tractor, was traveling south on Interstate 295 around 9 p.m. when it rammed into the fire truck, which was providing aid in a two-car crash in Hanover, Virginia. Lieutenant Brad Clark died at the scene, reported early Friday. Please join Hanover County Fire EMS as we mourn the death of Lieutenant Brad Clark and keep his family and fellow firefighters in your thoughts and prayers, a battalion chief Greg Air Martin said in a press release. Another firefighter was rushed to a nearby hospital for life-threatening in- injuries and two others were being treated for serious injuries, according to the press release. The driver of the semi had to be extricated from his vehicle and was also being treated for serious injuries. The crash is still under investigation, but the dispatch noted poor driving conditions as Hurricane Michael brought heavy rain and winds in addition to some tornadoes to that region. And you can, there again, this is what by Fox News, um, you could go ahead and see the picture. There's nothing left of the truck, of the tractor. There, it's obliterated. You, I can't see... I don't see, if that driver survived, I don't see how he did. The only thing that is really recognizable is the top air fairing of the top of the, very, very top of the truck, where that um, upper bunk window is. That's really the only thing that you could see that it was even a semi. It's just obliterated. It's, you can't, I can't even see where the heck the motor is. I can't, there's no tires, there's no motor, there's no nothing. I mean, it's, it makes me cringe. And I, you know, for this kind of stuff, I've, I've been driving for so long. I've seen a lot of this. I've never seen it up close and personal, but this picture, it makes me cringe. This article will be in the show notes. If you have a queasy stomach, I wouldn't look at it seriously. So to end out the show, hopefully on a better note, sorry guys, but I mean this week in news, holy cow. It's just like every time, you know, I try to search and when researching for the show, I try to come up at least with a good Samaritan, you know, uh, something, somebody nice does for somebody. And this week is just, the news is just horrible. But uh, Mr. Peterson, and this article is is published through uh, Overdrive, uh, Overdrive, but the online magazine. And um, he has a good article about uh, lease purchase deals and how to spot a bad one. I'll read, read it to you, but it, it's kind of lengthy, so I may just... Um, skim it a little bit but in the beginning he says there's there is in our industry a virus something that poisons it has spread throughout the industry and increased turnover rates driver dissatisfaction and drivers exiting the industry in droves 
Now, I don't like how he he makes this description. I think he's trying to attract an audience, a reader, or, you know, the readers or whatever. So I'm going to skip that part. I don't like because I've been in lease purchases. He said he's done it seven different times. I've done it four different times, and I finally found a good company. Oh, that's something else. I'm sorry, I digress, but that's something else, you know, that I was said I was going to uh, talk to you about. What I wanted to say was on that um, previous article about that truck driver uh, uh, facing homicide charges and everything, um, the company that I'm with, and it's the lease purchase, uh, my truck broke down again. And this time it broke down in New Jersey. The front drive axle of the two drives went out this time. Last time I took, the last couple episodes ago, I told you how it went down in Wyoming. Well, now the front drive axle went out in New Jersey. So my truck is in Philadelphia. Um, Well, I got back to Mississippi, picked up my personal vehicle, and after spending time with family and friends out of state, I went back to the yard in Missouri, talked with the company that I'm leased to, and they had another truck sitting at the yard, which they're letting me borrow at this current time. So I could at least have some revenue coming in instead of sitting and waiting for my truck to be fixed or sitting at a hotel room, which is really, really cool of them. And kudos to them. So they're letting me borrow the truck to to make money and everything, but they're also helping me out at Currently, I mean, it's going to eventually have to be taken out of my settlement, but at least right now, they're understanding enough to know that, hey, you know, I do work, I do my dangness, I try to get my loads there on time, um, and be punctual, and I always am there to work, and I even tell them, hey, I'm going to be unloaded at this time, can you find me something loading up in the afternoon, I just got a couple of errands I have to do, and then I'll be ready to roll again, I don't need a complete day off, just give me a few errands, so I come in by the house tonight, um, pouring down rain, I wanted to cut my lawn, well, now it's going to be about up to my knees by the time I can get it cut, and, um, the rain is supposed to stop later on tonight and into tomorrow and get that all finished up and uh, do my couple of errands. And then I'm ready to rock and roll and, and go back toward Missouri. So I just want to say, you know, big shout out to them and a big thank you to them for helping me out and everything. But, uh, it was definitely this, you know, last week, two weeks is definitely being an experience with breakdown and everything. So now back to the article. So he says in this article, you know, that there's not a lot of, he's speaking about lease purchase programs and how some companies misuse this resource, fleecing drivers who have desires and dreams to become owner operators. He says, don't get him wrong. Some of these programs work for the operators and are run by honest, hardworking companies and owners. Those companies go out of their way to help a driver be successful while mentoring them on how they can achieve better results. My, his current company is one of those. And after seven tries, he finally found them. He said, yeah, you heard me right, seven tries. To be fair, perhaps not all of those prior companies fit in his definition, but he didn't understand business or spend much time knowing his numbers at the beginning. But I think it's safe to say most did. Because of hard lessons learned, he was able to set rigid rules of conduct and contravention of which would be sufficient impetuous to cut his losses and run. So 
he has uh, rules to um, for what he will take and what he won't take, you know, from a company. So his rule number one is never lie to him, which would, in a sense, be birthed out of never steal from him, which, you know, that's the same goes for me. Don't lie to me. Don't steal from me. You know, he, he learned the hard way that if you they lie to you, they're most likely stealing from you. He walked away from his very first truck and company because the owner, his sustainable business partner, was skimming off the top of the loads and taking a bigger cut than agreed upon contract. He was over and he was overcharging for insurance at the same time, almost doubling the amount that he was skimming. This gentleman, Pete Mr. Peterson, said he should have known better the day that he first met him when he said, I am one of the most honest people you will ever meet. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> oh, Muttley, wasn't that funny? If you hear those words, run. Hey, don't look back. If they have to say it, odds are you could bet they have been and always will be a thief and a liar. Not necessarily, Mr. Peterson. I don't know if I want to keep going with this article or not. Not necessarily because of the fact I am one of the most honest people you will ever meet. I don't lie. So I don't know. I just, I really disagree with your op-ed here, which is, you know, opinion editorial. Another program promised me the miles I needed to make the numbers work, but with constant breakdowns and short hauls, that never panned out. This company was more concerned about giving miles to company drivers than lease drivers, and it was not until I gave notice that they attempted to run me the miles I needed and was promised. Yeah, I've ran into a few of them. And I'm not going, he's not going to go through his whole list of mostly unwritten rules. If you want to know them, contact me and I could spell out plenty more. I will say that after putting up with so much, it's no wonder so many drivers burn out of the industry. One decent company I found myself leased to back in those days might be considered a victim of such driver burnout. I made money with them. I actually built equity up in the truck. But in the end, I was suffering from burnout and no longer wanted to be on the road. I will, however, offer you a few maxims on spotting a bad deal. Don't ever owe your soul to the company store. Now, what does he mean by that? If the company you're looking at seems to make their money from you buying the truck, paying for repairs and parts in their shop, buying tires from or through them, and buying fuel where they insist you must, run and don't look back. Tires, parts, and shop rates I've seen marked up to OEM prices instead of the fleet usually passing on the discount they get for buying in bulk. In those cases, you might as well be getting the work done at what well, OEM is original equipment manufacturer. They, they claim they pass on the discounts, but they don't and don't bank on it without having it in writing. Be wary of any carrier with more than a 50% turnover rate. You know, if they're, the drivers are turning over, turnover rate is high, like I talked about in another episode, but that was company, company drivers was 100%. 7,000 drivers in a year, don't walk, run. If the company you're looking at comes in well higher than that, you can bet that there is a good reason for it. You don't want to invest your time and hard-earned money finding that the reason the hard way. Get examples of former lease purchase with a title in hand. If none or very few have actually paid off a truck and have title in hand, there is a reason why, and you should avoid that trap. Those companies will nickel and dime a driver to death. 
stringing them along until they have milked them for all they're worth. I don't know exactly what can be done about that behavior, like this outs outside of stepped-up enforcement of truth in leasing and lending regulations, but I do know that until drivers can effectively protect themselves from these programs, retention will continue to be an issue for all carriers around the industry. These types of programs send drivers running from the industry, convinced it is full of liars and thieves. You just have to keep looking like he did. He went through seven of them. I went through only four. And like I said, I found a really good company that um, is understanding. I cannot say they have my back, but when I need to get someplace, they do get try their hardest to get me there. No questions asked. They don't micromanage me whatsoever, unless I break down with the meat load. Well, then of course they're wondering, you know, because it is um, perishable and that kind of thing, and, and it's a big claim. So I get that. But other than that, I never hear from them. And I, I kind of teased him about that. I said, yeah. I said, look, when I break down, I don't hear from you guys for a year. But boy, let me break down with a meat load. I hear from you guys all the time. So anyways, I hope everybody has a good week. Please stay safe out there. And also, please, um, if you haven't listened to my previous show about uh, getting yourself ready for winter because it is on its way and also a coat or clothing uh, extra supplies chains and driving in uh, winter conditions and getting your truck prepared for winter please listen to that show it's very important and uh, winter is on its way i greatly greatly appreciate all of you who tune in every week who listen to the cafe. If you are new to the cafe and you would like to check us out at the bottom of every podcast episode on the website at juliastruckingcafe.com, there are links that I have listed. So where you could find me like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, please like, follow, subscribe, my Facebook page. Please also subscribe to our email list and I will send you the show notes right to your inbox. In the future, I will be having new things coming out. And if you're on our email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things that are in the works. Uh, And before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. If you have any questions, you need clarification on something, or if you just want to leave a comment about the show, please feel free. I read each and every one. Everybody is welcome to comment. I would ask that this is a G-rated show, so I greatly appreciate no profanity or anything. Please be professional, and if you'd like to leave a professional comment, please, please do. Again, I greatly appreciate all of you. I love each and every one of you. Our numbers are going up. So thank goodness for that. Um, To have an idea of the up, or if you have an idea for, I should say for an upcoming show, please feel free to email me. My email is on the contact page of the website at juliastruckatcafe.com. So until next week, I'm sorry at times that I may rush things or I may talk too fast. I'm really trying to slow down my pace on on speaking and reading these articles because uh, growing up in the north, I know I could talk a thousand miles an hour and a lot of people say that it just turns into almost like a gibberish. So I greatly apologize about that. 
But uh, thanks so much for everybody having patience with me. And the show is growing, uh, not by leaps and bounds, but it's a slow, gradual process. And I know it takes time to build an audience. Uh, Please tell your friends, your neighbors, uh, family, anybody that you know in the trucking industry about the show. See if they'd be interested. Again, I share uh, recipes on our website under cooking in your truck page and also don't forget the page of stupid things that drivers do just to make your day to smile a little bit thank you again for listening and tuning in and until next time keep the shiny side up and hopefully you have a great week